I'm Karen. And I'm Michelle. We're sisters. And homeschool moms. Welcome to the Layers of Learning podcast. Where we talk about family-style homeschooling. Hi, this is Michelle from Layers of Learning. And I'm Karen, Michelle's sister. We're going to talk more about high school today, this time especially about Layers of Learning and high school and how to use our program to meet the requirements that you need to meet for your high school or both for getting into college and for graduation from high school. Just a reminder, those specific requirements are going to vary depending on where you live. Different states in the United States and different countries in the world all have their own homeschooling requirements, especially when it comes to graduation requirements. So just make sure to look those up for your specific location as your kids are going into high school and hit on each of those requirements required wherever you live. So one of the questions that a lot of people have asked is, is layers of learning really enough for high school? If you're using layers of learning with your high school kids, does that really meet those requirements? Is it good enough to prepare them for college? Is it good enough to pass the state requirements and so on? So we're, with layers of learning, we're talking history, geography, science, and art. So I think the main difference between my high school level kids and the others, it's the reading and writing that they do. Yeah. So you're learning the very same subject matter, but yes, you are going to require more of your teenagers. You should be, I mean, naturally requiring more of your teenagers and all of those things. I don't have my little kids write a paper, but yes, my big kids do have to. Even if all you did was the reading, that's still more information than anyone ever gets in high school history classes. Layers of learning is really thorough. Think of what you knew when you graduated from high school. What do you actually remember from that? I mean, if anything, watch the show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? (laughs) You will see that we don't actually come away with that much knowledge from our education in that way. What we do come away with is learning how to learn learning how to research, learning how to write. Those skills are actually what you need to succeed in college. You don't actually need a base level knowledge of the subject matter as much as you need to know how to do those learning skills. There isn't a list of facts that you must know before you graduate high school. High school history teachers just pick a textbook, or maybe it's the textbook that's chosen by their district, And they just teach out of it because that's what they have. But there's not like a list of facts that every American knows when they graduate high school. That doesn't exist. So the specific facts that you're learning from layers of learning are less important to compare to the local high school than just the fact that you're learning history that year. You really need to understand that the important thing is their ability to learn. That's why my kids have done so well in college because they are really good at finding information, at researching things. You know, we did narrations their whole lives. They are so good at taking what they read and then telling me what it means. Yeah, being able to summarize is like half of college. We watched movies and I had them practice taking notes during the movies. We read things and then they wrote about them. It's just simple ways of learning. And because they did it with increasing independence in high school, by the time they were on their own with these college classes, they excelled at it. They've done awesome. And just having them read things that are a little bit more in-depth. Textbooks, which is what kids learn out of in high schools, aren't in-depth. They skim the surface of everything. But Layers of Learning has you pick books out of your library that are in-depth on specific topics. So your kids are going to learn things in-depth, learn how to think about them, learn how to talk about them. Layers of Learning really does that well. 
I want you to go and check out any two biographies from your library and then compare those historical accounts to what you would read in the little blurb in a textbook about that person. And then you'll understand why layers of learning is more comprehensive. That's the difference. You're going to read a paragraph about them in your history book, or you can really understand them, remember them, appreciate them and evaluate them when you read their whole story. And you're learning about it all in context. Layers of learning is in an order that makes sense. Everything's in context. So layers of learning is far more in-depth than a typical high school course. Anytime that you're exploring instead of just reading a passage and regurgitating, that's going to be a huge step above the general school experience. So we're going to go through each of the layers of learning subjects one at a time. First, we're going to start with history. And layers of learning hits history really hard. It's one of our favorite subjects. The program goes through an order from ancient history, clear through modern times to basically to today. And so if you go through it in order with your high schooler and you take about four years to do that, you'll be covering all of world history during those four years. And it's really thorough. You should recognize that most high schools don't actually require four years of history. If you want to go through the layers of learning program more slowly, you are still okay to do that. Years one and two specifically cover a lot more of the world history component. And you could just take one of those years and spend two years on it if you wanted to go more in depth. And you could still count that as a world history requirement being met that you can add to your transcript. So it's quite flexible if you look at the big picture of what layers of learning is teaching. At least in the United States, um, jurisdictions tend to require you to take the history of your state and also an American history class. So you'll want to make sure that you cover those periods from the layers of learning curriculum during high school so that you can count that for your history. So the way you want to look at, at history or any of the subjects really, but, but we'll start with history is that you want to think about the skills that you want your children to have, not necessarily the facts that they need to have, because the facts don't matter. It doesn't matter exactly which people they learn about from history or which events or which dates. What matters is that they are able to write about what they learn. They're able to read and understand things from the topics that they're able to do research and that they can cite the information in a research paper. Those are the kinds of skills that you need to have, your high schooler needs to have before college so that they can go on and do well in further education or in whatever career that they enter into. So that's the biggest change in my homeschool. When my kids start in high school, I just start requiring more of them. And a lot of that comes through independent work. I'm not sitting with them as they research. Instead, I just assign them a topic to research, or sometimes I even leave it up to them to decide on that topic, you know, under the umbrella of what we're studying. And then I don't sit by them as they do their research. They have to do that on their own, and then they have to present it. That might be in a paper, or it could be an oral presentation. However it is that they're going to present the information, that's something that once they're in high school, they should be doing a lot more independently. I'm not going to be sitting by them in college classes. So they get to develop those skills in high school while I'm still there if they need me, but mostly they're doing it on their own. So your high schooler should be getting increasingly independent as they go about their high school career. So in ninth grade, you might assign them to research a research paper from history, maybe, maybe about ancient Rome. 
you, you tell them, let's find a topic about ancient Rome. I want you to research this. You need to have at least three good sources and you need to cite your sources and it needs to be, you know, so long, three pages or something. And then when they're, by the time they're a senior, they've done a few of these papers in different subjects and they can do a 10 page paper, a 10 page research paper, which will make them fully ready for college work. Something that has worked really well in my homeschool with my high school kids is requiring them to create annotated bibliographies for the things that we're learning about. So whatever resources they end up using as you're learning, they're going to make a little bibliographic entry. And then after that, they annotate it. An annotation is just a short paragraph that evaluates that resource. They're going to take a look at the website or the book or whatever it is that they used to learn about the information. And they are going to say who wrote it or where it came from, describe any possible slants that exist, and then say how valuable it was, what they learned from it, what any of its limitations were. This is creating an opportunity where your kids are not just reading and regurgitating, but they're reading information gleaning what they need to know from it, and then actually evaluating it using some critical thinking skills to show that they are putting themselves into this and not just reading a book and then putting it down. And those are the kinds of skills that you're looking for your high schoolers to develop. So they're learning the exact same topic as the little ones, but they're going to do it in a new and elevated way now that they're in high school. They're going to find their own books. They're going to read a lot more in-depth books. And then they're going to write about those ideas in a, in a much more in-depth way than you would be expecting from your younger kids. And it's important to realize this doesn't happen in every single unit. You shouldn't be expecting your high schooler to have a research paper every two weeks. You need to think about their time in terms of semesters or years rather than in terms of each unit. So you might think, okay, we want to have one major research paper freshman year, and it's going to be towards the end of the year. And to build up to that, we're going to have some shorter essays, and we're going to learn some research skills to build up to that. So let's talk about geography next. Geography is not really required for most high schools. It's often rolled in to history and called social studies. So you've got your history and geography together, and that is social studies. We were thinking, well, what, what are the things that we really would want our high schoolers to know coming out of layers of learning or coming out of a high school experience? For me, that's mostly I want them to have a good concept of other cultures, that other cultures have a lot of value, what other people believe, how they live their lives, so that they don't have a myopic view of just their own neighborhood or their own state or their own country. They have this wider view of the world. Because there aren't actually a lot of high school requirements as far as geography is concerned, it is one of the subjects that we really take and go lightly with it. We love to watch YouTube videos, make recipes, do cool crafts from the country, read folk tales, and all of those things help us really appreciate the big world that we live in. And I don't actually change that a lot for my high schoolers. It's one of those subjects that we keep really light because there aren't stringent requirements and they just like to join in and do what the rest of the family is doing for geography. Okay, now let's move on to science. Science is presented in layers of learning differently than it is in a traditional high school because in a traditional high school, you'll typically have a physical science class in freshman year and then kids go on to biology 
and then if they continue in science at all, chemistry is next, and then physics. And sometimes some high schools will offer other courses like astronomy or anatomy and physiology, some extra stuff like that. I actually took an ecology class in high school that's focus was forestry. So it was a really, really specialized type of science. And so you should recognize that not all science classes in high school are a complete survey of an entire branch of science. It's okay if your science studies were more focused or specialized. You know, if you want to dig deeper into a science subject, you just give it a different name on the transcript. You don't have to claim to have done all of biology in order to claim a science credit. Yeah, and typically it's two credits in high school, which means two years of high school science. So layers of learning, though, it's split up a little bit differently because we, we cover biology and earth science and chemistry and physics in every year. Five units are biology, then five units are earth science, five units are chemistry, and five units are physics, not necessarily in that order. The only reason we even separate sciences into those areas is really for educational purposes. People study them that way in college, in universities. Um, the professors do. You know, they, they have their, they're the physics professor and they study the physics area. And so we break it down into branches for ease of our learning abilities, for human learning abilities. But the truth is, we're talking about nature. It's all connected. And so that's one of the reasons that with layers of learning, we put all four of those major branches in each year so that it would feel connected to you and your kids. So I have a funny story. My daughter, Elizabeth, when we were doing chemistry, we had a chemistry lesson going on and it was one of the layers of learning lessons, but we were balancing some equations and I was teaching her scientific notation and a few things. And anyway, she said, I don't understand why math is invading science. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> she was like, my, my subjects are colliding. And I was telling her it's all connected. Everything we learn is connected. And it just kind of blew her mind. But we talked about all of those connections. And I thought that was funny because we do connect so much in our homeschool. But she was kind of weirded out that all of a sudden science was about math. And But it really is. Like they all collide and intersect. Yeah. So is, is layers of learning as in-depth as a typical high school, say, biology class? Yes. In fact, in a lot of ways that we're, again, for the same reasons that the history is more in-depth than a typical high school history class, the layers of learning science is more in-depth because you're having your children read books about specific topics instead of just reading a few paragraphs out of a textbook. So they're going to get the concepts really, really deeply with layers of learning. And you can decide where to spend more of your effort. Maybe when you're doing plants, you might spend a lot more time on flowering plants than you do on mushrooms or vice versa, whatever piques your interest. But in a typical high school class, you would just be skimming over all of those topics. Really, truly, layers of learning is just a grand outline for learning. So you have to think of it that way when you're addressing the different levels. You might be skimming the surface a little bit more when you're doing it with your little kids. By the time your kids are in high school, they should be delving deeper into the resources that you're offering them. They should be engaging in some of the online videos on Khan Academy to go with the science lessons. They should be reading the science biographies about the scientists. They should be digging deeper into that. And that is what is going to provide the meat of that science education. By definition, 
Layers of learning is a starting place, not an ending place. We are telling you where to start. We're sending you in the right direction. And then those high school kids get to dive deep into those subjects. They get to really understand them in a way that a textbook is never going to provide. So if you are doing the science units and your kid gets really into one of the subjects like plants, go ahead and let them dive deep into that. Let them really get to know that subject. And then on their transcript, you get half a credit of botany. That's a semester of a botany class, which is one of the biology sections. You don't have to actually cover every single thing in order to claim credits in high school. Because schools don't. Schools don't. They don't cover. I remember taking a biology course in high school. We didn't cover any ecology in that class. There was, there was no ecology at all. We didn't do the human body. But, it was but, animal science. Right. But, but layers of learning does cover those things in, in topics that we would call biology. So it just depends on the way you, you talk about it. Also, if you want to, you can just call it ninth grade science or freshman science or science one, science two, science three, and science four. So one of the other things that I've done with my high schoolers with the layers of learning science, really with all of it, but I'll give you an example from science. Like in year three, unit 16, that's one of the chemistry units, and it's about chemical reactions. And there's a sidebar that says, how can you tell if a chemical reaction has happened? Well, the sidebar goes on to tell you how you can tell. But when I ask my high schoolers that, I don't tell them. I just pose that question in their planner and tell them you're going to go and find that out. And so they have to do the research themselves to find out the answer to the science questions. And sometimes I just say, you know, come and tell me what you find out. Sometimes they have to write it down. But I think that is one of the differences between high school and the earlier grades is that you are not going to present the whole lesson in a lovely package. Instead, you're going to ask them the questions and they are going to go and find the answers. So a typical science course in high school has three main components. Okay, it'll have concepts that kids learn. It has labs and it has worksheets and tests. Okay, so layers of learning covers concepts easily. The concepts are covered as you're doing the explorations or the experiments and the experiments themselves are labs. Um, the labs in high school, you usually only have maybe three or four each semester. So again, just like the research paper, you don't have to do a lab every single unit. Although I think honestly with layers of learning, it's easy to do a lab every unit because they're so much fun. And, and they're, they're so illustrate the concepts that you're learning that it can be really fun, but, but you really don't have to. And if you do the labs, you might have your children do write-ups for the labs, but only require them to do write-ups on three of the labs that semester. And that will become the labs that you count as part of their portfolio. Think of it as a year and say, okay, how many real lab write-ups do I want my kids to do? That is the high school component of an experiment is that they should do a write-up. A lab write-up done by a high schooler is going to include scientific vocabulary words. It is going to be a reflection of what they learned about the subject and how that relates back to the science experiment that they've just done. Real scientists, again, they always write up their findings, and that's what you're training them to do. Right. You're training them to think like a scientist. Even if they that's not their ultimate career goal, being able to think that way helps you understand the natural world and helps you understand where science comes from. And science is intimately involved in our lives all the time. 
And we also have a, an example lab write-up for high schoolers on layersoflearning.com, and we can link to that too, so that you can see that. On that uh, post, there's an ex example of what younger kids would do and also one for high schoolers. So you would be doing the same lab with all your kids, but your high schoolers would have to do this bigger lab write-up. Layers of learning purposely does not include a lot of worksheets and we don't include tests. The reason we do that is because we don't believe that the specific facts that you learn are important. And if we wrote a test, you would have to teach the facts that were on the test. But it's not actually important which particular experiments you do or which facts you focus on especially. What's important is that they're learning how to learn, they're learning some basic general concepts, and they're learning how to write about what they've learned. So we don't actually have worksheets and tests. However, you can create your own based on what you have learned. Karen has a really good way of doing it. So basically what I do, I don't have a whole ton of extra time to do a lot of you know, creating true, false, multiple choice, matching type tests. And on occasion, I do that because I want my kids to actually know how to take those tests if they ever come upon them in classes and things. Um, my kids have always been homeschooled. So if I haven't shown them a test, they haven't seen one for the most part. Um, but, you know, they will see that in college and things like that. So on occasion, I write a test. But most of the time... I just ask the questions out loud and then they have to write it down. And these are questions that are in the layers of learning books. It'll be something like you're, we have an experiment and then we have a discussion about the experiment. And instead of just discussing it with your kids, you'll ask them the question. Like if you're talking about the rock cycle, you would ask them, okay, I want you to draw for me a diagram of the rock cycle and then describe it in a paragraph. A test does not have to equal handing them a piece of paper that's pre-printed with a test on it and saying, ready, set, go, and having them flip it over and fill out all of the blanks. A test is just a mechanism for finding out what they know. So loosen your definition a little bit. Feel free to give tests, but be easy on yourself. Just open up the unit book, spur of the moment, ask them some questions about some of the things that you've covered, and then you can evaluate how much they actually learned. Okay, the last subject that Layers of Learning covers is arts. And this is another one that isn't really required by most high schools. At the most, they might say, like, you need one credit of art. Often it's a half a credit, so one class, one semester. And it's completely open. It's, it, it could be drawing, it could be art appreciation, it could be choir pottery. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it can be anything. And if you have a child that is really artistic and really wants to be involved in one of those applied arts, I would say that high school is a time that you should try to make that happen for them if you can. I mean, find them a class, find them a tutor. Yeah. yeah. Enroll them in the local high school's choir, whatever it is that, that your child is interested in. That's a little bit different than the Layers of Learning Arts program because it is focused on art appreciation and on the creation of art and the artists themselves throughout history. So if I were going to be using the Layers of Learning Arts course on a transcript, I would probably refer to those things. It might be called Art Appreciation or Survey of Art or Art History. As far as art skills that are required in high school, there are none. There is no concrete skill that is a mandatory requirement for a high school artist. 
So you just get to treat it kind of like geography and have art be a really fun component of your homeschool that your whole family gets to do together. And then you get to write a course description that reflects what you've done on your transcript. The layers of learning art is so much fun for all ages. I mean, because if you have an exploration, your little kids are going to do it on their level. And the same exact exploration, well, your older child has better skills. They've got better eye-hand coordination. They have more experience with color and different things like that. So their art that they're producing is going to be on a little bit better level than it was when they were five or six. So they can they can see there. And it's still so much fun. And it's still so much, such a love of learning too, I think. It actually creates a really nice balance when you can push the history and science topics a bit more, but then hold back on the geography and arts and let those stay just fun and lighthearted and family style. So we mentioned that you should not just focus on facts, but you should focus on skills. And one of the most important skills that a high schooler can gain is time management. And the way we do that is through planners. So we'll have the high schooler help us choose those three or four labs through the year that they are going to do the big science write-up on and that'll go in their planners. We'll have them help decide which topics they want to dive into and get into the research papers for history and they will help uh, plan that stuff and put it in their planners. Sometimes we might assign things to to their planners and we can add videos that they can watch into their planners so that they can take that then and do it much more independently. Along with using planners for our high schoolers, we also use some companion resources. These are tools that our high school kids use to delve deep into the information and things that they can use independently because, you know, we're moms with big families. We have other kids that we're helping teach. And also our high schoolers like to be increasingly independent. I use a OneNote planner for my high schoolers and that allows me to put links to videos or other resources, or I can just list for them, hey, I want you to read this chapter in this book. And they can then go ahead and do those lessons all on their own. So what are some companion resources that you like, Michelle? So for history, my very favorite thing for high schoolers is biographies, because they really get make history personal. They make it up close. And when you dive into someone's life, someone who lived in the historical time that you're researching about, you learn about the culture, you learn about the politics of the time, the way people thought, the way people went about their day while you're learning about that person, and it makes it all so real. So we did a really fun essay this past semester with my high schoolers. I just told them, I want you to choose any person from the ancient period, and I want you to write a biographical impact essay about this person. So that's a little bit different than them writing their own biography. They read lots of biographies, and they learned about the person, and then they had to write not about their life story, but about the impact that that person's life had. And it really made them think a little more deeply than just regurgitating the same biographies that they read. And it was really fun to see their insights about what a difference this one person made on the whole world and how we think today. And it was, it was just really a great assignment that we all enjoyed. And when they shared it, they were really proud of the things that they had come up with too. And you can find famous people to search for their biographies. Some, some biographies will be listed in the Layers of Learning library list, but there are other famous folks in the sidebars, and they're great people to research more about. You may or may not be able to find biographies of those people in your library. You'll just have to kind of see what your library has and who, who they've got books about. But it gets easier the more modern you get. There yeah. are more and more biographies about modern people. It's harder in the ancient times to, to find those, but... 
but your kids can actually flip through the unit books and look at the sidebars and find famous folks and choose the person that they are going to research and study about. As far as geography, the main companion resource that we use for our high schoolers is just an atlas. Whether that's a, a book or an online type atlas, uh, Google Maps or something like that, your children should be able to know how to navigate those resources and find places, find things on them and relate that to where they are in the world so they have a good concept of how the world is arranged and where things are. Your kids should become familiar with being able to navigate an atlas. So they should be able to use the index, the table of contents, the gazetteer to understand how the map grids work and things like that. So make sure that you are handing that book over to them without finding the page numbers so that they can begin to really navigate it, understand how it works, and understand where things are on the planet and how they can find them. Okay, so for science, this might be the place where you're going to want the most extra resources because your high schoolers may need especially more of that worksheet slash test category and some of the outside resources can provide that. Okay, so one of those places is the self-teaching guides. There are self-teaching guides for the major branches of science and so it's easy to find those on Amazon or your library will maybe have them. They're not too expensive though if you end up needing to buy them. You can use those guides clear through with layers of learning pairing that up and your kids will just read the chapter from the self-teaching guides and the guides have questions and you quiz yourself on the questions and see if you know it. And then for a little further down the page, it'll have the answers to the questions. You can use those self-teaching guides as the test or quiz component if you would like to. They do combine the science with the upper level math. And another place, great place to go is Khan Academy and also the Bozeman science videos. I love those. They are our favorite. And when, when my kids are, if we're doing astronomy, say, I'll often tell my high schoolers, okay, I want you to do the Khan Academy astronomy over the next three months. I want you to get through all those videos over the next three months. And I could maybe put them in their planners and stuff, or I may just tell them, I just want you to watch one a day until you're through with them all. Those don't really come with the quiz component, but they do give some of the math science connections that you're looking for in high school. And they explain a lot on their little interactive whiteboards and things like and, that. And they're geared to high school, so they're, they're explaining the concepts on the correct level. They are really, really well done. Really clear. They have great examples and they dovetail perfectly with layers of learning. So whatever subject you're doing in layers of learning, you can find a Khan Academy video on it for your high schooler. Okay, and the last one is arts. So companion resources for arts would be what Karen mentioned before, taking that special arts class, especially for kids who are very into arts. You want to give them those opportunities to have a, a teacher who's really knowledgeable. I also really like to take my older kids to things that I wouldn't want to take my little kids to. Like, I want to expose them to the opera, but I'm not going to take my eight-year-old to the opera. So... When they're in high school, you can do some of those special things and make it a big night out or take them to a fancy art museum that you maybe don't think your five-year-old will be interested in. Yeah, I loved last year we went to quite a few theater performances with my high schoolers. And it was amazing on the way home, the discussions that we had about just the theater and the actors and all kinds of things that just jumped out at us from the plays that we went to see. And I don't think that my little kids would have loved it they would have sat through it and we've taken them to some children's theater but it was really really fun to take the high schoolers to kind of the next level grown-up theater grown up stuff yeah. yeah and I think it's a little bit of a rite of passage for them especially if the little kids aren't allowed it becomes just a 
oh, you're old enough now and we're going to go do this special thing together. So let's shift gears for a second, Michelle, and talk about high school transcripts, because I think that can be an intimidating thing for a lot of homeschool moms going into high school. Okay. So when we're making your transcript and you're wanting to put layers of learning subjects on it, first of all, a transcript is just a list of the courses you've done with how many credits each one is worth and a grade. That's all a transcript is. It's just a list of what your kids have done. So don't let it intimidate you. When you're putting layers of learning on it, you're going to think, okay, we did history for the whole year. So I'm going to call this my um, history one. And I'm going to give it one credit because we did it for a whole year. Each semester is half a credit. So one year, one credit. And it doesn't matter if you actually got through all 20 units of layers of learning or not. Don't worry about that. If you did it for a whole year, that was the work of one credit. Because the amount of information in layers of learning is far more than any typical high school course is going to be anyway. They don't cover all of ancient history in depth. They just pick and choose a few little things here and there. And you can do the same thing. You can pick and choose what you want to learn about specifically and make those judgments. So that's going to be one credit. And then you, each year you do history, you give your child another credit. And then you do the same thing with science. They're going to do science one their freshman year. And you'll put one credit down. And then they're going to have, uh, you can call it geography, or if you want to, you can roll history and geography into one credit and call it social studies, whatever you feel is, is the best. But you can call it, have a history credit and also have a geography credit. I would call it world geography on my transcript and give it one credit because we do enough geography that it's a full class. And then the same thing with arts. You're going to call it art appreciation one, for example, and give yourself a one credit if you did it the whole year. If you're, if you're only doing art for half the year because you, your child has another elective that they want to spend their time on, you can do a half credit. Or you can decide, well, we're just going to do art our freshman year, and then we're going to do other electives the other years. It, it's totally up to you how you want to approach that. And make sure that you're including those electives with the same kinds of descriptions. I mean, if your kid is taking a karate class, that is PE. They just did PE. So make sure that you list it on the transcript. Look at the things that they're doing. Give it an appropriate title and course description and the appropriate credit load and add it to the transcript. A transcript is showing what they completed in high school. It's not necessarily what they completed while sitting at their desk with a pencil in their hand. So make sure to consider all of their high school experiences and record those. And, and when you're considering that, be careful not to overload your children. You can substitute other outside courses for layers of learning things. If your children have too many outside activities going on and you feel like, oh, we can't get this all done. The layers of learning is killing us where it's too much stuff. Then you're doing too much stuff. It's okay to say, well, we're just going to do art for one semester or, well, we're not going to do geography this year, but we'll pick it up again next year. It just depends on what your children's load is and other courses and other activities. That's one of the great things about high school, actually, is that your kids begin to have more and more opportunities for apprenticeships, for jobs, for outside classes, for clubs that they can get involved in. And that should take the place of some of the things that you're doing in your homeschool so that it be doesn't become too overwhelming. Exactly. The year that my son did an internship with a drone company, that was his science credit because it was in that STEM category, the science and technology. He was building, designing, testing drones, and that definitely qualified as a science credit. 
you just need to recognize that as your kids get older, they're going to have more specific interests and you need to do your best to help them meet those needs of the things that they want to learn about. High schoolers should begin to have a lot of say in what they want to do. And you need to be careful not to cut off any possibilities too. Just because you think that your 14 year old isn't going to go to college, you don't want to destroy the possibility that they could. So you want to make sure that you meet all the skills that they need, essays, research skills, reading comprehension skills, and thinking skills that will prepare them for college. Even if you're not sure they're going to go, you want to help them meet all their goals for personal growth, clubs and activities they want to be involved in, sports, so that they can meet their own personal goals and grow the way that they want to. So both of those things need to be happening. So don't be too concerned about feeling like, oh, there's certain information that my kids have to have and I don't know if layers of learning is covering it because that's not the way high school works. It's about learning to read, think critically, write, express yourself, and really synthesize information. Those are the kinds of skills that you're looking for your high schoolers to grasp. These things seem a little less measurable because you're not talking about a curriculum that utilizes a lot of tests. It's just the testing mechanism that's different. We are asking our kids to do more thinking, reading, and writing instead of just reading a passage and regurgitating. So I actually think that involves more thought, more skill. I hope that helps you get a better concept of how you can use layers of learning in high school and how it will meet the requirements that you need. If you have more questions, don't hesitate to ask in our Facebook group. We'd love to answer questions and we have lots of users on there that will jump in and answer your questions as well. So join our Facebook group. We don't want you to be intimidated by high school. We've both been through it and we've felt some of those same nervous feelings. But high school does not need to be overwhelming. It can be one of the most awesome times for learning in your homeschool. So thanks for joining us today. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. Come and visit us at layersoflearning.com and on our Facebook group. Make sure to tune in next month for our new podcast. In the meantime, we wish you happiness in your homeschool. Have fun learning. learning.